what is up? What's going on, Kellen? What is going on, my big friend, Jonah Willard? We are back with another episode of All Gear No Game. It's been a big day of sports. Is my mic on? Yeah, it's on. Yeah, dude, big day all like the way around. Big week too, huh? The Blazers with the big, big dubs. Huge win. That was um, It makes me so upset that literally they lost to the Clips. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We're still going to get the eighth seed hopefully no f- for sure that game though was insane i really i was following it all the way through but then i watched the the fourth quarter and um dame was clutch oh yeah dude dame they, is an absolute savage yeah he, um, he kind of knew after what happened yesterday that he was gonna go off today and that's exactly what he did screw paul george screw patrick beverly i literally hate them so much no, you don't. You're you're playing. You're you're with them yesterday, huh? You're enjoy, you're enjoying it yesterday. Hey, I only said that one. I only tagged you in that one post. And your <laughs> were you salt? Were you salty at that? Yes, of course. <laughs> I don't get it. So Damian Lillard posted the one thing on two K of like one of his buzzer beater shots for like uh, a promo for the video game, and I tagged Jonah, and I'm like, Dame didn't do this today. <laughs> I, I don't get them. Why you don't like the Blazers? No, I do like the Blazers. Stop. Stop. I do like the Blazers. You I do like the Blazers. Now that we've now that we won, but no, they're 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 fun to watch. I I always have liked Dame. I I don't get why you talk shit about the Blazers. Like I have I have not I have nothing but uh, respect for the Warriors. Like, well, you have I, to have respect for them whether you like to or not, though. I mean, yeah, but I wish you guys nothing. I hope you guys win the lottery. I hope you guys do well in the lottery. I hope you get a good pick. No, I wish the Blazers literally the best of luck. But when you're playing the Warriors, I hope that you literally score zero points. What? Dude, I don't even say. I literally have said so many times, like, I give you crap because I'm so sarcastic. But I literally say that Dame is an absolute stud. Yeah, he was. And when you were gone yesterday, when you I think you left the room the other day, and I literally was telling Channon how Damian Lillard, as a singular player, holds more weight right now than Steph Curry does. Like, if I have to have one player to carry a team, I would pick Damian Lillard over Steph Curry all day. Right now? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously you're going to take the guy without the wrist injury. Or the hand mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. I well, said- I mean, Damian Lillard might as well have had a wrist injury against the Clippers. Though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That was disappointing to say the least. He was. It wasn't like he was taking bad shots though. He was just like not making it. He was kind of just line drive, just straight down at the basket. Yeah. yeah. But I think I like the Blazers though. They're really good all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> we just need a little bit more wing depth, and we'd be really scary. But I still think we give the Lakers a scare. I still think we beat the Lakers. I'm so happy that I gave you. I, I made you mad with that because I was really trying to get under your skin with posting that. Uh, well, it worked. <laughs> I freaking love it. I cause like literally you should just pay attention to when the Giants lose and tag me in it because it'll make me so mad because literally today they were um, – I actually want to talk about – can I do a little rant right now about the Giants? Yeah. Yeah, All right, probably. so basically Giants they beat the Dodgers yesterday, okay? Beat the Dodgers um, pretty hand, like handily. Right, 
Mm-hmm. And then, but their relief pitching sucks. So they were up five to zero, and then they gave up like a uh, they gave up a three run bomb, and it made it like four to five. But we ended up winning. But today we were up against Walker Bueller, like one of their second best pitchers. Okay, Walker yeah. Bueller was having a terrible game, but he was still he was his command was off, but he was still managing to get players out because we were chasing a lot and we only had one run. So we were, we had guys on second and third. Mikey Stremski hits a single, uh, hits a single with two outs, scores two runs. So we're up two zero for a good portion of the game. And then all of a sudden we have, I think they take Gosman out. We put in Tyler Rogers. Don't get me wrong. I like, I love everybody on the giants. Okay. I don't want to cr- uh, shit talk anybody, but Tyler Rogers Tyler Rogers has a 10 point something ERA. He's been in, he's had nine appearances every single time I've seen him. He gets absolutely shelled, right? Okay. So we have one out, I think, I think one out or something. Dodgers have two guys on. We're up two zero. It's looking fine. It might even have been two outs. And then all of a sudden, AJ Pollock absolutely clobbers he cranks it into um, left field for a three-run home run automatically down three two i give up hope and then we put in sean anderson sean anderson who's a little bit better he throws pretty hard but um he first pitch he throws three-run bomb first he throws one pitch one pitch it's a three-run bomb making it six to two that's an insurmountable lead. You're not going to come back in one inning, especially with how the Giants were like hitting it. Just makes me so mad. Why does Gabe Kapler have to keep putting in Tyler Rogers? It's like this guy, sure, he's a submariner and it's weird to look at, but when he's only throwing at 70 miles an hour, eventually an MLB um, hitter is going to catch on to that and he's not going to be so phased by it. And we have seen that throughout his nine starts. He barely squeaks out of the innings that no one scores any runs. And, and it's just very frustrating to watch. Otherwise, besides that, the Giants have been playing very well, but their bullpen is their weak link. Kevin Gosman, absolute stud. Our starting pitching has been pretty solid. But when it comes to the bullpen, it's it's like Mario Hazonia, shaky as hell. Is that guy a young younger player they're trying to develop, or is he just kind of not that good? I mean, he's 29. Okay, so he's pretty much is what he is at this point. Yeah, I don't see it getting any much any better. But Gabe Kapler, our manager, just has like a man crush on him apparently, and keeps putting him in. Like I get it that you want to keep like if you're high on a guy and he's doing something, and you 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 see promise. But if he's continually getting shelled in games, why would you keep putting him in? Especially with the two run like a two run lead, and like one of the most stacked lineups in baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a good literally. They have Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Max Mun- Muncie. Then they have Corey Seager, Chris Taylor, AJ Pollock. Dude, they're absolutely star-studded. There's zero breaks in their lineup. And I don't understand why you would put in a guy that is susceptible to being absolutely destroyed. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, Put in just like because you already have some closers, so just put just it was the seventh inning, so just start putting in guys that you know have some promise instead of guys that you know are automatically going to get freaking destroyed. It's just very frustrating to watch. 
I know you have nothing to say about that, but like it's just it's just really irritating to watch a whole entire game when you're basically winning and then one stupid decision like costs you the game. Cuz that's what baseball is actually. Like literally one stupid mistake drastically changes the game. You know? Cuz at least in basketball, if you if you have a bad possession, you get a bunch you get a crap ton more to redeem yourself. But in baseball, you have one bad inning. It's pretty hard to recover from that. For sure. I don't know. But, yeah, that's basically my rant on that. It's just like how many more times are we going to lose games putting like, sketchy pitchers in? You know what I mean? I know that our line, our bullpen anyways is pretty, like, weak. But when you're seeing consistent poor results from a player, what are we doing? You know, I don't know. That's that's my take. Um, this is a dumb question, but in the shortened MLB season, is there still like a trade deadline? Can they still make moves to shake up the roster? I have actually no idea. I, I think they still can. They they they're doing like a thing. They have like, uh, I don't really know the specifics of it, but they have guys that are on because minor league baseball is completely done. Yeah. So they can basically call up guys whenever they need. Okay. They have like a they have like a um like a taxi squad thing going on. I don't really know what that means exactly, but they have guys like that they're they're star like they're stars that are in the minor leagues. They could call them up if they need to. And they're yeah, the Giants, they don't have really a set lineup either. So they're kind of just rolling with whoever's hot. Like Austin Slater hit a, hit two home runs yesterday. So yeah, they kept them in the lineup, but if as soon as that starts going down, they might put someone else in. Like, they just have so many like plug and chug kind of guys that they're just gonna play it by ear. That's interesting. Yeah, so, but Mikey Stremski is an absolute MVP. Donovan Solano, absolute stud. Like, we have some we have some bangers, but we just have too many. Um, we have too many. What do you call it? Liabilities. Yeah. We have too many guys. We have too many guys. We have too many dead spots in the lineup. Are you feeling good about the season going forward, though? I feel pretty good about the season, um, considering what low (laughs) the low expectations we had. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I really like our team a lot, and I hope Tyler Rogers and those guys turn it around. But I, I just don't see it happening in a 60 game season because you can't afford to, you can't really afford to develop. You don't have time to. Right. Yeah. And it's a completely different in a regular season, but yeah. Um, Otherwise in more positive news, Colin Morikawa, 23 years old, like I'm pretty, he's played that course obviously before because he went to Cal. Right. 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 Yeah. And so, um, and he's is he one of the youngest to win it? He's probably up there. What is he like? Twenty three. So that's gotta yeah. be that's got to be one of the youngest. It, more than anything, it's just impressive to have. Obviously, like two wins in his last four starts, as well as um, like three wins in the past calendar year. So yeah, he's just such an exciting young player that it really feels like the sky is the limit for him at this point. Did you have him winning this one? Yeah, I did. I always have a little Colin whenever he plays, just because he's 
like one of my favorite players. Oh, did you win anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the odds weren't super good for him. I, they were like 28 to 1, and I only put down like five bucks, but that's still like a buck 40. So, dude, let's go. Um, I've been doing less and less golf since basketball started. I just don't have yeah. like the time to spend on both, but I still make a few picks every week at least. Yeah. But I was going, I, I think our, our, um, by the time this one comes out, the shooting guard one will come out. I sent that today. Nice. To Austin. So it'll be, it'll be ready to go. I loved it. Yeah. That was a fun one. That, how long did that one end up being? Probably uh, hours, close right? to two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. You're an absolute savage. <laughs> we were going for a while. Yeah. It was, it was funny. Like my dad, he, I don't, I think I don't, this wasn't like groundbreaking news, but he, he, him, like my uncle were talking and he, my uncle was like, I think Brooks Kepke is going to win. Brooks took a downturn, but my dad was like, Colin's going to win just because like he's familiar with this course and he ended up being right. Colin wasn't really, he was, he kind of, because I, I think like Dustin Johnson was leading the pack with like nine under mm-hmm. and Colin at one point was like six. Yeah. So he, he had a really good round. Yeah. He went like five or six under today. It was That's freaking crazy. Yeah. I only watched like obviously the front nine because then the blazer game was on, but yeah. It was yeah. Awesome. I, <laughs> it's so funny. You basically become like whenever the blazes are on, it's like, you just hunker down. Like, I just know it. Like, I'm just like, can it be, can our podcast like be after seven? And then I look and see if the blazes are playing. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm so happy because they're already almost doing better than what you predicted with the stretch, like with that stretch. The Blazers. Yeah. Remember I asked you they were going to go four and two. I think they're three and two now, right? Or I don't know. Uh, yeah. Now they're, now they're four and two with two games to go. Okay. Yeah. And going into and they it. they should have beat the Clippers. Yeah. They, sh- yeah, they, sh- uh, yeah, they should have beat the Clippers. They could have beat the Celtics. We were up by four against the Celtics with like yeah. five minutes to go. But I mean, all of our games have been close. And so in close games, it's just so random that, You'll take four and two any day, you know. Did you see the fully vamp? Uh, do you think a fully vamped Clippers team? Um, do you see a fully vamped Clippers team playing like that against the Blazers with Kawhi and Pat? Oh, like do I think it would have been that close? Yeah. Oh hell no, no. Out of all the teams in the league, the Clippers are probably the second toughest matchup for the Blazers. So, so how we, much stock did you take in that game? No stock. If like. Going into the game, like that's how I kind of felt too. I'm yeah. like, dude, if the Warriors can't, I mean, if the Blazers can't get this dub, I don't know how it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, like if we lose, like this doesn't re- obviously this doesn't really change the way I think we match up with the Lakers or any other team in the Western Conference, and it also doesn't change the way I think we match up against the Clippers because, I mean, like we just have so little wing depth that a team with two of the best scoring wings in the NBA is always going to be such a challenge for us, you know? Yeah. Cause I just don't know who, who's going to guard Kawhi. Nobody. Like that's like mellow. Well, or probably Dame will probably st- start out on him. Dame will probably. Oh, do- really? Yeah. Dame guarded Jason Tatum. So Dude, I have Damian Lillard is freaking crazy. Yeah. His reversal yesterday was crazy. The one that Nurk fed him. 
Oh yeah. And then he yeah, had a reverse land. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, he had, he's got hit. He and Nurk have such a great connection. That's why it's been so valuable to have Nurk back. Dude, watching CJ more and more, I want to take back what I said about Donovan being better. Than <laughs> yeah. Yesterday. Well, Donovan still had a good game yesterday. Yeah, Don- Donovan had an amazing game yesterday. He was awesome. CJ's just such a more like refined player though. Like he's such a better score. Mm-hmm. I-, I I agree. Like his his uh, mid range and like fadeaway jumpers or whatever are pretty solid. Yeah. And um, the way he shoots like while being contested is pretty sick. Yeah, that shot he hit over Matisse Thibel today in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Unreal. Against probably one of the best. Well, this might be controversial because Matisse is still a rookie. Is Matisse a rookie? Yeah. Yeah, he's, I, in my opinion, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Yeah, we did, he, I remember him from Washington. Yeah. Because um, Bill Walton could not get enough of Matisse Thibel when they played the Beavers. Yeah, and I <laughs> I loved Matisse Thibel in college. Like, yeah. I thought um how like, did they score him was he like a late rounder like yeah he was the 22nd pick of the draft okay. and i honestly thought that was pretty good like i was high on matisse title but i had my concerns about him too because obviously washington is known for playing his own defense and there are zero teams in the nba that run a zone for like the majority of their games and possessions so i just thought like if he could he can have like great hands and be a great sort of free safety in this zone at Washington. But how does that sort of translate to being a one-on-one defender? So I was worried that he could be like a bust, even though I liked his game a lot and that hasn't happened at all. Like he's been just as good at guarding pros um, as he was at guarding college players. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's pretty good. Didn't he, didn't he like lead the pac 12 in steals? Yeah. He was like the all-time leader. All-time leader. Yeah. Past Gary Payton. Yeah, Gary. Gary was super good. Yeah, he was crazy. I'm, yeah, but when I when I know because like, like the Sixers are already a good team, mm-hmm. and then to add someone like that, I feel like that's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, and obviously like Matisse has a bunch of holes in his game that like sort of can prevent him. Is he a good score, or is that a hole? Yeah, that's a hole. The scoring's yeah, that's the honestly the main hole. Even though it's shot has been better than I think what most people would have expected. But um, when you have a lineup that includes guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and even Josh Richardson, who, even though he was awesome tonight, is still... Yeah, he hit a few big shots. Yeah, yeah, he was terrifying tonight, but still a below-average shooter this season. So there's just really no room for guys who defenses don't have to guard on offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a question. So... How many courts are there at the bubble? There are three courts that they play actual games on, and then I want to say there are three practice courts. Okay. Because I wasn't sure because I was actually confused for a second because I saw that they – they obviously they do this, but they had the virtual logos on the oh, right, TV yeah. screen. And I was like, yeah. crap, do they only have like one court? Because I wasn't sure, but I knew they don't have more than one – they have more than one court because there's more than one game going on at a time. Yeah, correct, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty sick. Yeah. Is it absolutely killing you not being able to go to games, though? I mean, yeah, I miss it. Like, obviously, that was one of my favorite things to do was go to the games, but it'll be back soon enough, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, did you get to watch any UFC? I didn't. I watched a little bit of, like, 
I watched like some clips and some highlights from after, but Dude, I was so many good. So yeah. many. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to go through the, um, the whole entire fight card. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So they, they actually started off with some heat. I didn't really get to watch the very first fight cause I was like eating dinner, but I think it was pretty good. Um, but I, the, I, I really started watching, um, when the second fight, Yusef Zalal versus Peter Barrett, I was pretty impressed with Peter Barrett. I don't, Yusef Zalal is like crazy athletic and like a super insane striker. Um, and even pretty good ground game as well. But Peter Barrett, he did pretty well. His cardio held up really well because he had a full training camp. But I was pretty impressed. He was able to get some pretty good shots in. But you can definitely see the difference. Like Yusef has way more experience. And I think Peter Barrett... Uh, yeah, Peter Barrett's... That was his... That was literally his like first legit ufc fight which is pretty he did really well i think considering everything he's went to because yusuf Salah, this isn't his first time around the but yeah he's already had three ufc fights and he is he's he's gonna be an issue at featherweight and then moving on after that um gavin tucker versus justin james was pretty sick justin james i'm pretty sure made his ufc debut a little bit ago and he got a big knockout over like frank camacho and Justin James was on a pretty big win streak before that. Yeah, that was his. Yeah, that was his UFC debut in June. But then he fought Gavin. I think it, what's his name? Yeah, Gavin Tucker. And Gavin Tucker is tatted up like that. Boy has some serious work done. Um, but Justin James caught him early with an uppercut, hurt him. But then Justin James uh, and then Gavin Tucker like recovered really well. And I think just started peppering him. Like he was just, it wasn't like crazy hard shots, but he was just like hitting him with a lot of volume and it was like overwhelming Janes. And like, it's really frustrating to fight like that when you're getting shelled and you, you, you're not allowed to get any offense off. That's basically what Gavin did. And then, um, yeah, he went to the ground. I don't really actually remember the, yeah, I went to the ground and then, Gavin sunk in a rear naked. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. There's uh, there's so much because each fight is so unbelievably different. Then Andrew Sanchez, he got an early-ass knockout. That's basically all there is to it. It was it was early. And then Nazrat Hakparas versus Alex Munoz was another one of the – it was another fight kind of like Yusef Salal versus uh, Frick. Peter Barrett in the fact that Munoz, he hasn't really fought a whole bunch in the UFC yet. Yeah. This was literally his first fight in the UFC and he's fighting Nazrat Hackprest, who's an absolute freaking flame. Like everything he does is crazy. Like he throws hands like serious heat and like the chin on Munoz was pretty admirable. And, but yeah, Munoz basically just took a beating for 15 minutes and that was about it. Yeah. Nazra, like, I think this is officially had 104 significant strikes, 93, 93 of which were head strikes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, uh, Munoz got a little bit of CTE going on there. That's crazy. Yeah. That's um, just, that's like 30 around, right? Oh Yeah. Absolutely insanity. Um, 
and Alexander Munoz, he, he Nazrat's hips must be super strong because Munoz tried to like do some quick shots, but nothing. It wasn't even phasing Hack Brass. Like he was literally, he basically had his way with him the entire time. At that point, don't you feel like I would, would throw in the towel? Yeah, I'm like saving my fighter. Yeah, like you might. You're not going. You're not gonna win if you have given up a hundred strikes. And so you might as well just quit now and not get hit like 40 more times, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah, I know. But I guess that's because these guys like are so competitive that they just probably couldn't even ever consider that. Well, they train their arse off and they like, they want to like keep fighting, you know? Plus in the UFC, there's always chance of just like one hit and you knock the other guy out. Yeah. There's always that puncher's chance, which makes it interesting. But there becomes a point where it's like this guy... I don't, that's pretty like far fetched, you know? Yeah. Um, Kevin Holland versus Joaquin Buckley was a freaking sick fight. Um, cause Kevin Holland is an absolute six, three sniper, bro. He has such long arms and he actually could be an issue. I haven't seen his, his ground game. Wasn't really tested this fight, but he, his arms and his leverage, like it's complete. It was like, a tale of like two fighters because Joaquin Buckley is absolutely bodied up. His chest is huge. He looks like he should be in the NFL and he fights like Mike Tyson because he's little and he, he like throw like his punches. He throws like hooks and stuff, you know, to generate power because like, I don't know what it is like with longer guys when they have longer arms and stuff, they don't have to really um, wind up as much it, to generate it- power. Isn't Mike Tyson going to fight again? <laughs> yeah, he's going to fight Roy Jones, and I don't know what's going to happen there. Are you going to watch that? I don't think I'm going to buy that. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. Oh, is it a pay-per-view? I think so, yeah. That's I'm not about make, to buy that. That's going to make so much money, though. It's got to, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, walking – oh, it's going to make bank, dude. You're you're going to buy it, Kellen. I know, I know that once it actually comes <laughs> I, I don't know it's boxing though i don't i've never really bought a boxing the only boxing pay-per-view i've ever bought was manny pacquiao versus timothy bradley one i think in manny pacquiao absolutely got robbed what about uh, mayweather against mcgregor i was in hawaii for that and i there all the bars were closed or all the bars were like full this was another thing i felt um i've kind of forgotten this and then i just kind of occurred to me this morning and I earned last night and I had to bring it up as a Warriors fan who is also a huge Conor McGregor fan how did you react to the Draymond Green Conor McGregor beef the, what is I have never even heard of this oh uh so um uh Conor McGregor showed up to a press conference wearing a Golden State Warriors number 23 jersey and <laughs> That was supposed to signify um, former Warriors point guard C.J. Watson, who had, I think, slept with uh, Floyd Mayweather's girlfriend at the time. And so it was Conor McGregor was just playing those mind games. Draymond Green, seeing the Golden State Warriors number 23 jersey, assumed that it was one of his own. And he responded um, to McGregor by saying, Take that jersey off, man. We're we're rocking with Floyd, not with you. And then, <laughs> and then Conor McGregor replied to that by saying, um, "This is a C.J. Wilcox jersey. I don't know what you're talking about." 
I don't even know who you are. <laughs> and then the funniest part about it was it was a retro Golden State Warriors jersey. So Draymond Green had never even played in that jersey. But for some reason, he still figured it was. Dude, Conor McGregor's an absolute savage. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Conor McGregor would absolutely kill Draymond Green in a fight. Oh, yeah, no question about it. Conor McGregor might be 5'9", 170 pounds maybe, and Draymond Green might be 6'7", whatever he is, but Conor McGregor would absolutely demolish him. Yeah, no question. But that's actually hilarious. Dude, that's the absolute sad. He has, he's done that to multiple people. He's like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah, you like, should because I'm sure there are some details that I'm forgetting, but it was hilarious. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, and like, why does Draymond even have to like say that? I, I don't know. <laughs> God, yeah there's some things he said that like i haven't agreed with a whole bunch and also what he said about um devin booker like you don't say yeah. stuff like that he's yeah, he's helping crazy. the Suns get better you can't just ditch your team like paul george yeah. and all those guys and then draymond got fined 50k for this comment. yeah but that's pocket change for him dude yeah for sure <laughs> he yeah. just writes that up yeah it's still still kind of funny though oh it's absolutely hilarious I, I I watched. He said that during our halftime show, during the Blazers halftime yeah. show, right? Yeah. What was the? Uh, he said something else. The oh yeah, he said um, that Joel Embiid is letting defenses off the hook by shooting, and I actually think that's true. But I did uh, Joel got hurt in first quarter, huh? Yeah, but like that's kind of something that's crazy to me to think about. Like, did you see how he got hurt? No. He was just sort of like backpedaling and accidentally walking <laughs> the basketball hoop, and he rolled his ankle on it but i always think that's crazy because like he was walking so slowly so he couldn't have rolled it that hard yeah when like i roll my ankle it like hurts but But it's like a big man though yeah that's the thing though it's kind of crazy like we always think of these people as like so athletic and like they have the bodies of like gods and stuff and then they can just hurt themselves doing something that like is pretty minuscule yeah, or that like mirror you could just pretty much bounce right back up from and Yeah, it's more it's definitely different when you're seven feet over seven and feet tall. So weight going on to that bearing point. down. Yeah, dude, that's that's one of the things. It was when you get a lower body injury on a weight bearing joint like that is being a huge like person like that. Yeah. Like that's actually gonna be really hard to come back from. Yeah. Especially like his um like things like hips and knees and stuff are just so tough right yeah but we see it though it just depends on your rehabilitation and how patient you want to be with it and not forcing a comeback too soon yeah because like nurk was super patient for the blazers and he waited a year and a half to come back and now he's better than ever so if you're patient it's definitely something you can come back but clean it just really sucks though because a lot of guys don't have time to be patient because a lot of them aren't in the position of a yusuf nurkic right that's true you know it's tough yeah but yeah um there's something else i was gonna say i kind of i kind of went off on a tangent you were talking about the ufc no it's it's completely fine there was something i wanted else i was gonna say about injuries oh alex smith he wants to come back and play but i'm just like it's a no-go have you ever got a chance to watch project 11 uh-uh, no. You should you should like watch it sometime because it's okay. pretty it's pretty filthy what happened That's to the his ESPN knee. plus thing, right? Yeah, it's pretty filthy what happened to his knee, bro. Yeah, I feel like I would be grossed out by it. Oh well, yeah, it's also. so it's so bad that they they literally say before they show the photos that this is like graphic content. 
every time I see a replay and it's of that Alex Smith injury or the use of Nurkic injury or anything like that, I have to look away because. Would it, would if you were him if you were in Alex, Alex Smith's shoes would you play? I don't think so. I think that that would scar me too much. Yeah, the crap the, amount of crap that he had to go through in order to get back to just like a normal human was a lot. Yeah, it's hard even. He almost was an amputee. Like, yeah, you shouldn't the, take that for granted. The mental block of having to go out onto like. And do the same thing that happened to you when you had literally your legs snapped in half. I just, I just really, I don't know. I just hope everything ends up okay with him. Because yeah. if he get, if he hurts that same knee again, bro. Yeah. What they? Yeah. I wonder what it's even. I mean, it's probably strong as hell because he works out a whole bunch. But I don't know. And I'm sure it can't be. It sure as hell can't be the same. You'll wear a brace, I'm sure, too, which mm-hmm. will probably help it. But, I mean, you can still hurt it even when you're wearing the brace. So, Yeah. He's not, yeah. Um, he was pretty mobile, too, back when he was in the, with the Niners. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's going to be much a part of his – I don't know if it has been a part of his game much. Yeah, there's, there's no way he's mobile if he comes back. I think no. he should just probably call it quits on his career. I agree. But it's just tough. But the Redskins out. need him. And if you make it that far, like to the point you when you're playing in the NFL, you obviously have to like ha- love the game so much. So it's probably just hard to step aside too. What do you think about Dwayne Haskins? Who who does he play for? He's the Redskins QB. Oh yeah, and he went to Ohio State, right? He's like the bigger guy who can also run a little bit. Yep. From Ohio State, right? Um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't know. He was good at OSU. That's pretty much all I remember him from. Because he was their quarterback when they beat the Ducks that one year. Uh-huh. He was their quarterback when they beat the Ducks that one year in the playoff, correct? Mm, wasn't that Cardale Jones? Because that was a while ago. That was, right? like, in, that was like in 2000. 15. Let me look. You know, I think that was Cardiel Jones okay. when they beat when they beat like because like Ezekiel Elliott was there. Yeah, that's the one I'm remembering. So that must have been. I think it, they're just really similar looking. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, shoot, I thought. Yeah, I don't really know. Then do you? You should. Pro- you know more about football than I do. What do you think about Dwayne Haskins? I know enough that he didn't have. Yeah, it was Cardale Jones. Yeah. Okay. Because then after that was JT Barrett. Because I'm pretty sure JT Barrett or something got hurt. Yeah, it was. I remember they had three guys because they had JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, and Braxton Miller. And Braxton Miller was really good, but then he got moved to wide receiver, and JT Barrett was the new quarterback. And then JT Barrett got hurt, and it was Cardale Jones, right? Mm-hmm. And Cardale clutched up. Yeah, I he sucked that. though. He literally threw so many picks for the Ducks and capitalized on the turnovers. Yeah, plus Ezekiel Elliott just dominated that game. So, yeah, the the Ducks set the tone for that game because Marcus did. They took the ball right down the field and scored a touchdown early in the game. And then yeah, after yeah. that, it was pretty it was tough sailing. Yeah, oh, so ended up winning by like twenty one, right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that was a really tough game to watch, especially Marcus's going out party. I wanted him to go out on top. I mean, he basically did. 
But, okay, so back to the Kevin Holland, Joaquin Buckley. Kevin Holland, 6'3", absolute stud. He's a beast. Um, was going to fight, I think, um, Trevin Giles or something like that. But it was it was like last week, but Giles fainted before his fight with Holland. Really? Yeah, before his fight. I don't know. That's crazy. I'm pretty sure that's – yeah, I think I'm right. Let me see. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one. And Trevin Giles, I don't, I don't know if it was nerves or what – I don't know what it was. But it was a very odd thing that happened. And I, and uh, he wanted to keep, f- yeah. yeah, yeah, it was canceled. Yeah, that's so. I don't know what happened. He wanted to keep fighting, or whatever. And um, but they, they, what do you call it? The commission was like, nah, because obviously something's not right if you're fainting before a fight. Oh yeah, for sure. So that was definitely the right move. But anyways, Buckley absolutely jacked, stacked. Holland completely opposite, completely different fighting styles. Um, Joaquin Buckley. He like really winds up. He worked the body pretty well, and and Giles pretty. He, Giles, uh, and then I'm sorry, uh, Holland was like kind of surprised because this is another scenario where Buckley not as much experience as Kevin Holland. But Kevin Holland eventually, I think it was in the third round, got an absolute freaking. He went. It was I think it was right hand. All he did because it was it's so weird. All he did was just snap it out. And absolutely clobbered. He knocked um, Joaquin's mouthpiece out and just slept him, bro. It was crazy. Because, like, when you have such long arms, you create so much leverage. And it was just the most effortless knockout I've ever. It was just a sniper. Like, that's all I can describe it as. He just sniped him. It was pretty insane. So, that was a good fight. And then Tim Means versus uh, Laureano Starapoli. I'm pretty sure Starapoli... Started off pretty well, but then Tim Means, um, yeah, Tim Means actually started getting rolling. I really thought Sarpoli's um, striking was better, but uh, Tim Means, he kind of turned it up in the end, which was good. He's like older in his career. Yeah, he's yeah, he's thirty six, and he was he lost he lost in his last fight earlier this year. So it was good to see him get back in the wing column. And then for like the. The la- uh, oh, Benil Dariush for Scott Holtzman, dude. Scott Holtzman's got a chin. Benil Dariush, he like missed. Benil missed weight, so he, but he ended up winning. He spinning forearm. It was supposed to be spinning back elbow, but he he basically just slept Holtzman. Like it was crazy. I'm just really happy it wasn't his elbow because an elbow would have really messed him up, but he hit him with his forearm and it was just crazy. Like when you, the spinning techniques are absolutely killers and they're so exciting. But after the fact, it's like, that's really sad, but yeah, Benil took that. But if he, I don't know whatever happened with this, but he was supposed to, if he wanted to, if he won a bonus or whatever, he wanted to give the bonus to Holtzman since he missed weight, since Benil missed weight. And also you have to give like 20% of your purse to the other guy anyway, if you miss weight. So Benil basically didn't make a lot during this fight. Oh, um, and then Yana Kunitskaya versus uh, Stolyarenko. Stolyarenko, she might be 27, but it might be time to get a new job because yeah. Kunitskaya absolutely walked through her, pinned her up against the cage and beat the crap out of her for basically two the entire fight. Jonah, 
Ready for this? Yeah. 209 total strikes. Oh, baby. For Kunitskaya. Dang. Versus, versus, um, versus 30 landed strikes for Stolyarenko. And I mean, also... Were significant. Uh, not that many. 43. But still, you're getting... Yeah. It's different, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Kunitskaya is an absolute savage. I don't know... If any whoever's beat her in the past, congrats to you. But she's she her like boyfriend is a light heavyweight and they like grapple and like train together. So I mean like when you're feeling that every single day, grappling with him, a literal woman is not gonna feel like anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're training with like a large, large man that fights a two hundred and five pound weight division, if you're fighting a girl that weighs 135 pounds, she's literally gonna feel like nothing. For sure. Like a feather. And then um for Maki Patola was Darren Stewart. Maki Patola, I just found out about him like earlier this year. He was doing really well. His striking, both of these guys freaking throw hard shots. But Maki went in on a takedown and got caught in a guillotine. And that's kind of how that went. He got submitted in the first round. But besides that, he was doing really well. And then Chris Weidman versus Mario Akhmadov, basically a grappling match. It was good to see Chris Weidman get back in the dub column. Yeah. Uh, it might have been one one going into the third round, but I'm not sure. I didn't really watch a whole bunch because I was uh watching the Giants play. And then Derek Lewis versus Alexio Linick. Alexio what? <laughs> Alexio Linick. Did you watch this one? Which one? I I think I watched a little bit of all of them. I just kinda went down the UFC Twitter page and looked at all the highlights. Yeah, yeah Derek Lewis just absolutely clobbered Alexio Linick. I love Alexio Linick, but it's probably time to call it quits when you have close to 70 fights almost over yeah. over 70 fights and he he got a good squeeze on him a couple of times and Derek lewis didn't want to get back to that so he's like i just got to finish this in the second round and that's what he did he like went for a flying knee and then he like clipped him with the right hand and then just started throwing hammer fists but yeah besides that that's about wrap that about wraps up fight night lewis versus olenic i don't know how much of a test that i mean it's good that Derek Lewis did that but i don't know how much we really have learned about Derek lewis he's a really good striker obviously but he wants to get his like weight, like he because like the heavyweight limits two sixty five, and he weighed in at two sixty five. So he wants to get a little bit down, probably. And his grappling is still not all the way there. He the, he, there were some really good like passes and transitions where he got on top, but Alexi reversed it, and so it was good. But I just if the limit is two sixty five, and you clock in at two sixty five. Like that's just pretty much a fluke and just almost lucky that you made the cut at that point. Like you. He pretty much probably just as easy. Could you imagine having to weight cut for 265? Like, yeah, that's brutal. Like, Brock Lesnar had to weight cut to get to 260. I want there to be a super heavyweight. That would be so dope where there's just like no weight limit. You just have the biggest, like, Shaquille O'Neal, like, guys, like, fighting. Just like retired basketball players that just like, like a Joel Embiid fighting, like, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I'm sure there are a few that would be interested in that. Yeah, there's honestly like so many different fighting types that like i think there's been some where there's like three guys in a ring and they just like all fight like three guys on each team or something or like five guys and like one winner comes out of it like that would be just chaos yeah but the be- one thing one thing i absolutely hate though is the bare knuckle boxing that stuff gets brutal and i don't like watching that the got gloves the ufc guys use are like pretty minimal though right like they can't protect you too much right 
No, but at least it's a little, it's different from bare hand for sure. But you yeah. still can get the piss beat out of you if you're not protecting yourself. Because four ounce gloves are not big or whatever the fuck they are. They're really small. And but that pretty much wraps that up. And then we got really good. Um, I think after this, yeah, we got UFC 252 coming up this that Saturday, one. which is going to be pretty sick. I'm pretty, I'm pumped for that. I want to do an episode on that. Yeah, that's because this is just the second numbered one that we've had since the podcast started. So that will be a big one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Herbert Burns is going to be on there. Um, Gilbert Burns' little brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Jim Miller is going to be on there. Ian Kutelawa is going to be on there. Marab uh, versus John Dodson. Marab is the guy that um, beat Gustavo in his uh, in Gustavo's debut, which is kind of cool. And Marab's at top 15 bantamweight in the world. And Gustavo did pretty good. So that's pretty sick. And then um, Rosenstrike versus Dos Santos. Marlon Vera versus Sugar Sean. O'Malley is going to be sick. And then the trilogy between Stipe and Daniel Cormier, which is going to be sick. I'm really pumped for that. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to get that. I want to do a live show. Like me and Bianca might like talk about it live. That would be fun. Do you want to do it? I would listen to it. Okay. Yeah. That'd be sick. Uh, I would probably, I would only do the main card though, obviously, because sitting there for that long would be pretty, pretty tough talking about it. Cause I would like zone out. Cause some of the fights get kind of boring. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty stoked for that. Is what's the next wait. So the PJ, what is the P like PJ championship? Like, what does that mean? Like it was, is that like an individual tournament or did like call and win it like all the way around? Like, what is that? No, that's just an individual tournament. It's confusing. Cause there's, the PGA yeah. Championship, and then there's the PGA Tour Championship, and the yeah. PGA Tour Championship is sort of a culmination of all the tournaments of the season, and the PGA Championship is just like one of the four majors, and so this one was just one of the four majors. So the but PGA, so the PGA, is, sorry, winning this one's a bigger deal than the PGA Tour Championship, though. Oh, okay, you get a lot of points or something. Not a lot of points, just basically more prestige. It's a higher prestige tournament. Is it always in San Fran? Or no, it's one of those ones where they change it around every year. What's the next event? The next event's going to be just back to your normal run-of-the-mill weekly PGA Tour events. And so it's going to be the Wyndham Championships. To Colin walked. Is it going to be in Hawaii? No. Oh. <laughs> um, and Colin Morikawa. Two million walks away with two million. Dustin Johnson and Paul Casey almost they walk away with just under a mil. Yeah, it's a nice, nice little payday for them. Finau and Scheffler walk away with just over four uh, k, four four hundred k, which is Finau's not bad. Been playing well recently. Where's Brooksy at? He dropped down a crap ton. Yeah, where is Kepka? I don't even. Did he have a tough? Oh my! He finished three under. Yeah, he's one of those guys who can just kind of implode on certain days. And Bryson still played really well. Yeah. And uh, who uh, Brendan Todd and Daniel Berger. Our those boy are... Rick, Ricky was in the news for all the wrong reasons this week. He obviously didn't have that great of a week. And then he missed that five-inch putt. That oh, was... yeah. Didn't he, like, triple bogey a hole? Yeah, but the, he... There's this like five inch putt that he just looked out and people were giving him a hard time for it. There's a five inch putt that he missed? Yeah. 
Oh, poor, poor Ricky. I know. No, Ricky, no. The funny thing is that, like, people, I feel like, think Ricky's young because he wears, like, all these neon colors and, like, is still kind of this hipster guy. But um, he's really, like, I'm pretty sure he's, like, 36. So his, like, career is kind of dwindling at this point. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like he's never – I don't want to hate, but I feel like he's never been, like, the guy, a guy, like – that's consistently killed it. Correct. Yeah. He's way overrated just because he's like a fan favorite. I mean, he's I a likable like guy. Yeah. I mean, like I like Ricky as much as the next guy, but yeah. But yeah. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Do you want, I know we haven't really been doing this on a regular basis, but do you want to give our performers of the week for like oh. a couple of weeks or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. You should. I know who yours is going to be, obviously. Damian Lillard. Oh, I thought it was going to be Gary. Gary Trent. No, that would have been a, well, that was, that would be a good pick too. Here, Callan, Callan picked Gary Trent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick Damian Lillard. So. I want to pick um, another performer. Can I go through like uh, baseball, UFC, and basketball? So my basketball yeah. performer of the week would definitely probably be Gary Trent. Good pick. And then also, uh, my performer of like the season so far for I have a co one for baseball, which would be Mike Strzemski and Donovan Solano, who are single handedly helping the Giants win every single day. I just want to read out some stats for you that are pretty actually crazy. So my boy Donovan Solano, he is um, batting. He's batting 455 with the on-base percentage of 475 and a slugging percentage of 636 in a total of how many games has he played? He's played 15 games and he's batting 455 and that is first in the major league baseball realm. I think so. Isn't that freaking crazy? How close is number two? Hmm? What's number two? I, um, let me see. MLB batting. Because 450 is just absurd. 2020. It brought up Ty Cobb. I'm like, shut up. Oh, wait. Charlie Blackman, I guess, took the dub today at 458. Dude, wait. Chill out here a second. Chill out here a second. Charlie Blackman, number one, 458. Donovan Solano, 455. DJ LeMahieu, 397. Daniel Murphy, 364. Yeah, so it's just... Those two you want to know what the top uh, three out of the four, top four have in common? PD suspensions. <laughs> yeah. All on the same team, the Colorado Rockies. Oh, wow. So they're all high on something. The Mile, they're, the mile High City, they're, they're doing something right over there. This is another dumb question, but the, um, the, they're playing out like their home markets and stuff, right? What's up? They're playing at like their home stadiums and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Don't the Rockies hitters always sort of do better just because of the altitude? Or Not, does, no, is, that wait, mostly just, is that mostly just for home runs? Hey, Go Bruins? No, this is Mumbai, but it's sculptured. But it has a bear on it. 
<laughs> it looks cool though. I like the colors. No, no, it's good. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I cannot believe the Rockies have but the Rock dude, the NL West is actually savagery. And the Giants are holding their own, bro. Three um three out of the five losses that the Dodgers have are from the Do- that are from the Giants. Don't sleep on the Giants. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then so that was baseball, co baseball, Donovan Solano, uh, and then uh, freaking Mikey Strebsky, and then I had Gary Trent, and then for UFC, for UFC, mm, from this last fight card, is it bad to give it to a loser? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look through here. Hold on a second. Who's your golfer performer of the week? I guess it would have to be Colin. Yeah. Like, I know that's obvious, but, like, winning the first major of his career, at, like, on, at 23 years old, it just is very, very impressive. I think that I'm going to actually have to go with Yana Kunitskaya. All right. Good pick. She was an absolute savage, dude. Yeah. I'm just going to go with that. That's pretty good. Nice. You got You got to give it to a woman every once in a while. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, they don't. They don't always get a lot of love in the UFC community because they. A lot of people just like don't find their fights interesting. But I do. I think if you're skilled, you're skilled. It doesn't matter. Because I've seen plenty of boring male fights, and that's a fact. Yeah. But yeah, thank you, Jonah, for doing this. This wasn't too long. I don't think. No, thanks for having me. No, it was yeah, perfect. for 45 minutes, though. That's not bad. Actually, more. We started before 7.30. Okay. Um, I think we might have... Uh, Timmy Hubert wants to come on. Okay. So we might have, we're going to have him on probably soon. And then Caleb Beach is probably going to come on, too. Cool. Yeah. So that'll be fine. All right. We'll have to do the small forward rankings one of these days, too. Yeah, we can literally do that whenever. All right. You already have it prepared? No, I'll have to. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.